It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Today for Cover 3, as we kick off hour number two of the show, we're just going to go through some of the sound from Josh McDaniels earlier this morning. We met with him at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, Raiders HQ, in preparation for game number three for the preseason coming up on Saturday in Miami. And uh, before we get into any of the sound, I do want to ask you, and you can hit us up at any time on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, you can always call in, chime in on the phone lines, 702-365-9200. What are you looking for this third preseason game on Saturday? Who do you think needs to step up and have a good game? So uh, while you're thinking about that and you can chime in, we're going to go ahead and let you hear a little bit from the head coach. And uh, the first question asked to head coach Josh McDaniels is about the preseason game coming up on Saturday and is if he's going to treat it like uh, the dress rehearsal that most third preseason games are. Uh, do you anticipate having some starters playing out there in this preseason game? Again, we don't really – we haven't really said like we have this group's the starters and the, you know so we're just kind of in a competition mode still still got a lot of time left uh to sort things out in the, in that regard um so we're going to try to do the same thing we did the first two it's really use them to help us with some things we're trying to figure out um so in some cases yes some cases probably not but that's probably where we're at right now. Josh McDaniels talking about starters in the preseason, so really didn't give us anything about who he thinks is going to be out there. But what goes into the decision of who makes the play or who's going to go play? Here's Josh McDaniels talking about the decision to see who plays. Well, I think you, you use everything, you know, uh, as an entire body of work, you know. Um, some guys got more opportunities in the spring, you know, whether that was availability of others or not. Um, some guys have had more opportunities in training camp practices. Um, you know, so we've kind of used the games as just another opportunity for those things to be kind of leveled off, um, give people opportunities to play with different combinations, um, put them in some different positions. As you've seen, we've had a lot of people play in a lot of different spots, uh, I would say, across the ball. Um, so just using it as a as a – you know, the four, the four days are just extra opportunities for us to do that. So, again, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to make sure we put them in the right spot so we can make a good decision, give them enough opportunities to uh, earn the role that they're looking to earn on the team, and, and then hopefully we'll make a great decision at the end of camp. So I guess that's a, probably a really good soundbite to play before we ask the question of what are you looking for uh, in game three of the preseason, right? Because, I mean, he kind of lets you know there that there's no real rhyme or reason except for the fact that they're trying to find out and see what fits, you know? And that's something that we've been talking about quite a bit. But, again, there's, I think, still elements of the game that you could de- definitely focus in on. And, again, the, the stop in the run is definitely an element that you want to see. Special teams, the coverage unit is definitely an element. And, obviously, the offensive line. How about the guys that are back, the healthy guys, or the guys that just came off the pup list, like Trayvon Mullen. We had the call from Anthony in Minnesota saying he wants to see him out there, wants to see him get some burn. Well, here's Josh McDaniels talking about Trayvon Mullen being back in practice. Yeah, it was good to, it was good to have him out there, um, you know, all those guys. Honestly, it was great to see all those guys come back, and, um, you know, we kind of limited everything we were doing with them, you know, as we kind of reintegrate them into the practice process. Um, but, you know, uh, Trey's had a great mindset about this, and he, he did a great job in terms of working back from his injury and, and uh, getting himself back to this point where he's healthy enough to go out there and practice. Um, 
you know, and it would be very, uh, uh, it would probably be too soon for me to say exactly what, where we're at on that, uh, you know, after a few reps yesterday. So um, just looking forward to watching these guys continue to grow and play on the defense, offense, in the, in the kicking units. Um, because they've, you know, they've missed some opportunities, and now we're gonna, you know, there's no way we're gonna make all those up. But uh, try to be smart as we work them all back into, you know, a different level of volume relative to practice. So uh, hopefully they'll, they'll take a few more today, and then continue to try to build that as we go. So there's Josh McDaniels talking about Trayvon Mullen and the other guys that came back from the pub list, like a Jonathan Hankins, like a Bilal Nichols, other guys that returned, like a Rocky Sin, uh, Anthony Averett returned today. You know, guys that are just coming back from injury after missing a lot of reps. And I wanted to ask him straight up about Trayvon Mullen if he expected him to play, but then you heard that answer. And so after he gave that kind of answer, if I had followed up with, well, do you expect Trayvon Mullen to play on Saturday? He would be like, well, I don't know. Got to see the reps that he does today. Got to see how he is. So uh, like Anthony called in and said that he'd like to see Mullen Ideally, in an ideal world, he gets, you know, two or three series. He gets 15 to 20 reps, 20 snaps. I would be good with that just to see what he's got. I think he needs to go out there and show a little something, something. But who knows? Who knows how he felt after today's practice? I mean, and, and look, from everything it looked like, from where our vantage point, he looked fine. He looked like he was good to go. Looked like he was, uh, you know, he wasn't struggling at all. He, he looked fine. But you just never know once they get inside, once they go and hit the weights. And, you know, you never know how things could, could change or if he wakes up tomorrow sore. It's just, again, it's, it's one of those wait and sees. But uh, I think that it would be ideal if you saw Trayvon Mullen out there on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. Now, we just talked to Deontay Lee at the end of the first hour. We were talking about the running back room and how talented it is. So much talent in that room. Josh Jacobs, you have Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, Britton Brown. Uh, you have Brandon Bolden. And you have... Amir Abdullah, a guy who can do a few different things. You know, he does special teams. Uh, he does a little kick return game. He can catch the ball. He's fast, a little speedster. He's a little dude, but he's a quick little speedster. He's got a lot of little wiggle to him, so he can do a lot of things uh, from the running back position. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about Amir Abdullah. Yeah, Amir's, uh, um, you know, he, he's, he's played a lot of football. He's done a lot of different things uh, in his career, um, you know, both in the kicking game and on offense and I think that's really where he's trying to compete right now, um, you know, and, and we've always had, you know, a, a handful of backs that, you know, maybe maybe some of them were a little bit more geared towards situational football, um, the passing game in some regards, uh, more than the running game, third down, more than early downs. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously taking reps on all three uh, and including fourth down, um, but you know, he's definitely demonstrated the ability to do some of those things that we liked. Uh, that's why we were interested in bringing him here. He's very smart. He's tough. Um, he does a, a really good job of catching the ball out of the backfield. He's improved since he got here just in his overall understanding of, you know, what we're asking that position to do and what we're asking him specifically to do. Um, it's a lot of fun to coach him, and he's got a great attitude and approach to it. I think he's excited about, you know, just some different things we try to use our backs on and do do with them. And he's um, been a great leader, get great veteran presence for us, and excited to continue to work with him. Now, I heard that sound live when it was going on, right? I'm sitting in the media center, in the media room, when, when he's giving that answer. And from the sounds of that answer, he's a dude who made the roster. Right? I mean, from the sound of that, did he not sound like a guy who's made the roster? Or am I tripping? No, you're definitely not tripping. <laughs> but it's just, it's just so hard to pick and choose. That's what I'm saying. So that's, that, was my, that was part B. It's like he sounds like a guy who made the roster, but look at all the talent in the room. 
right? I mean, it's so hard to just pinpoint and say, oh, that guy's there. He's good. He's good. All right, he's cut. And look, I had cut Amir Abdullah the minute they signed him. I was like, oh, he's out, right? He's just a, a camp body. And, and hey, I, I apologize for shortchanging the guy. Obviously, he's, you know, he's, uh, he, he's made a, a mark for himself. He's obviously uh, had a, a decent, you know, career in the league. So it's so hard in that running back room. It's pretty difficult in the wide receiver room as well, but I feel like that that running back room, as we talked about a couple days here on the show, that is just so hard to determine who's going to make the team and who's not. Again, if if they only had a couple dudes in that running back room and you heard that soundbite, you would know that that guy's going to have a big role in the team next year, right? If it was only Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and Amir Abdullah, you're like, yeah, they're, they're going to make the squad. Like right. if there was no name attached to this clip in the way you set it up right. with Josh's answer. That could have been Kenyon Drake he was talking about. Right. Especially after you said he looked real good at practice, the way he's been getting after it. Yep, exactly. So it's so difficult to tell. And these these guys, and I'm glad I don't have this job to do, they're going to have their work cut out for them as they're trying to trim down that roster because it is not going to be easy when it comes to the decision-making on who's on the squad and who's not on the squad. Josh McDaniels was also asked about the competition level that he's seeing at practice in all the rooms, because all these guys are out there competing from the wide receivers to the running backs to the defensive line to the O-line. He's talking about all the competition in general. Yeah, I think that matters to all of them. Um, you know, the best thing you can tell them is, is that they'll, they'll determine, you know, how this goes, you know. And um, if you're a player, I think that's all you'd ever want is an opportunity to compete to play. You know, they're all here to play. You know, they're not here to, you know, watch everybody else play. So, um, you know, I think that they're eager for that opportunity um, and they want, you know, they want the chance to earn the right to go out there when we send the team out there, you know, whatever the unit is. So um, I love that mindset. Um, you, you mentioned the, how, how is the, comp- you know, the competitiveness of this team. Um, I think they've embraced that, you know, in their own position room. They know that they have a chance. Uh, they know that what they do on the field every day matters. Um, they know they get coached each day and give, given opportunities. And so um, I think as a player, that's all you really want is an opportunity to go out there and prove that, you know, you deserve to be on the field. And um, I think they have embraced that as a group, as a team. Nobody has shied away from it. Nobody's backed down from it. And, again, I think that's what makes every player better. Um, you know, when you compete with each other, whether it's across the ball or in your same, you know, group, I think that only makes our team a better team. So there you go, talking about the competition all across the room. And there's a lot of competition out there on the field. That's the one thing I can tell you, that there is so much competition going out there. Uh, there's going to be some talented dudes that are going to be released. I mean, there's just it's the inevitable. They're at 85 guys right now, and they got to get down to 53. So there's going to be talent that's going to walk out that door, and there's just nothing they could do about it, which is a good problem to have. But they're all out there competing in a major way. And yesterday we heard from T. Billy, Tyron Johnson. Of course, he's a, he's a crowd favorite. He's a fan favorite. He's a guy that's carving out a little niche for himself, right? Carving out uh, what could be a pretty good role. And, uh, you know, he talked about yesterday that he, he's got to be consistent. He can't have a 10 up here and then a three down here. He can't have a, a, a play where he's really good and then a play where he's not because he's got to be consistent. So I asked Josh McDaniels, if you remember, DeMond, he, uh, he said that Josh has been in his ear about being consistent. So I asked Josh McDaniels the exact words. I said, hey, T. Billy told us yesterday that – You've been in his ear about being consistent. Do you think he's getting back, getting closer to that guy you're looking for? Love his his approach every day, and he knows that. All our guys know that. That's really the time frame we're in right now as a team. 
you know, is we all can do some good things. It's just, you know, when you get to September, you need to be able to do those things repetitively at a very high level. And so um, he speaks for our team when he says that, I think, you know, I mean, he's in the same boat as every other player. Um, he's working really hard at it. Um, and again, it's, it's, there's a really good play, then let's stack another really good play on it, you know, and then another one, and then go to another period and do the same thing. So um, he works really hard at that. He knows that that's a big point of emphasis for our receiving group. Um, but I would say that for pretty much our entire team. There's Josh McDaniels right there talking about guys being consistent. And, again, that's all they're looking for is consistency day in and day out from these guys. What can you give on a consistent basis? I think that T. Billy is really starting to carve out a nice little role for himself and uh, wouldn't be shocked to see him make the 53-man roster at all just because, again, it seems like he gets it. It seems like what he's doing, the work he's putting in, it's making sense, right? He's putting in a lot of work. He's practicing really hard. I'll never take that away from him. He practices really hard. And if he can continue to develop and continue to try to be that consistent guy, that's all this coaching staff is going to ask for. And I just got a couple more sound bites for you here in, uh, in this segment. And uh, the next one is about Jordan Jenkins. Jordan Jenkins is the guy that the Raiders actually signed uh, yesterday. He was a guy that uh, they had in it for a workout, and, and then they decided that they were going to sign him. You know, he's a defensive end. He's been in the league for a while, and he's, uh, he's, he's made, some, made a mark for himself in the league. You know, 25 career sacks right now, so he's, he's doing some pretty good things. They signed him. He was a guy that played in Houston, also played with the Jets. Uh, he was in 2016 draft. He was uh, in the third round. So he's, he's, got some, he's got a little something under the belt, right? So here's, uh, here's Joshua Daniels talking about uh, one Jordan Jenkins. I played against Jordan a lot, um, you know, going back to the AFC East and, you know, physical guy, um, you know, played in a, a, a very tough conference in college football and then, you know, came in and, you know, does a good job of, of you know, some of the things we ask our guys to do on the edge. Uh, we'll see how he does here. You know, we haven't really had any opportunity to work with him yet, but, um, you know, has, has demonstrated the ability to, you know, set the edge on defense and, you know, do some things in the pass rush. So, um, great guy. Uh, looking forward to, to having an opportunity to start with him today. So there you go. Jordan Jenkins, uh, new addition to the Raiders roster, actually made um, number 85, roster spot number 85. So uh, there you go. A couple more real quick. Uh, how about Josh McDaniels on Max Crosby, who I've been saying is wrecking, wrecking the uh, practice each and every day and really having his way with the offensive line. Uh, here's Josh McDaniels talking about Max Crosby getting better. He's doing it um, because he does it every day, and that's really the biggest, you know, what happens, you know, <clears throat> when you get noticed or, um, you know, people kind of see what you've, what you've done and accomplished, you know, in a year or your short time in the league, and then, you know, what happens when, you know, you get recognized like that, you know, because now it's different, you know, because there's people that know he's been very disruptive, very productive in his role, um, you know, it takes more from that person to continue to ascend and, and continue to produce at that same level or beyond it, which I know is that is what Max wants to do. Um, he does everything every day that you could ask a player to do to help himself get better and help our team get better. And there's no greater compliment that I could give him than that. Um, there's nothing else I would tell him. You need to do A, B, and C. He's already doing them. And so he brings a lot of his teammates with him. Um, he sets the standard for our work ethic, the way we practice, how we go about our jobs, how he is in the meetings, um, everything that you would want from a player that's trying to ascend, he's doing it. 
Josh Virginia's on Max Crosby right there. And it's funny, we talked to Kendall Vickers after practice. He's on the defensive line, and he was talking about Max Crosby, and he says, man, he knows one speed. He knows one speed, that's all he does is go. And he doesn't get tired. And if he says he's tired, he's lying to you. Like, I mean, we all got a good laugh in the media room when he said that. He's like, man, Max Crosby is just a different dude, right? He, he practices hard. He plays hard. I mean, everything, he just goes hard. And, and he goes fast. And he's just work, work, work. And he's pushing others. And that's what you hear Joshua Daniels saying right there. Uh, you know, he's, he sets the standard for our work ethic. That's what you want. Again, that's a guy who came into the league as a fourth-round draft pick. So he was hungry. He was the guy that everybody remembers back on Hard Knocks when, you know, he broke his hand and he didn't think he was even going to be able to make the team because he was going to be out. So he went and wrapped his, wrapped his hand up and, and got back into the game. And, I mean, he's, he's just a guy that has come from uh, a spot where he knew that he had to make it. You know, he's one of those guys that – and next time we get to talk to Max, we'll ask him, or I'll ask him. He's one of those guys that, to me, that if it wasn't for football, he, he wouldn't know what he's, what, what he's going to do. You know, that, that's, and I'm not trying to compare him to Michael Jordan, but that's what Michael Jordan always said. Like, if it wasn't for basketball, I, I don't know what I would do, right? I mean, even, even Michael Jordan's dad said, he, lucky that Michael was good at basketball because he wasn't going to do nothing else, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it was just some of those – some people are so special that that's what they're going to do. And if they had to do something else, they might be in some trouble. So, I, to me, Max Crosby is a guy that said, damn it, I've got to make it in football, and I'm going to find a way to get it done. And through ups and downs, he's found a way to get it done and continues to grind and continues to stay hungry. That's the thing. It's one thing to get there and be hungry. It's another thing to stay hungry. Max Crosby shows at practice every single day that he could stay hungry. Final soundbite is on Luke Masterson. Who? Luke Masterson. He's a linebacker who's out there, and uh, he's been turning some heads. Like, a lot of people are talking about him. Antonio Pierce has talked very highly about him. What does Josh McDaniels think of Luke Masterson? Yeah, he, um, you know, he, he's playing both linebacker spots, you know, and he's, he's, uh, you know, as a rookie, he's worn the green dot a little bit in these preseason games, which is not an easy thing to do right off the bat. Um, he's handling a lot of communication. Um, he's in the middle of every run play, as you, as you, you've seen. Um, tough, um, active. Um, works extremely hard in the weight room, works extremely hard to make sure his body's ready to go. He's got a maturity about himself at this point in his career that I really, really like. Um, he's impressed um, us with that and in the way he goes about his day-to-day. Um, you know, and, and he's competing in the kicking game. And a lot of these guys are learning how to do that because some of them didn't really you know, play in those roles in college. Uh, but as you know, I mean, you either start on offense, on defense, or you better play a factor in the kicking game where it's hard to get to the game on Sunday. So uh, Luke's really working hard at that area of his game as well. Um, but got the right mindset. He's a middle linebacker, and, you know, he plays like it. He works like it every day. There you go. I, I thought that was pretty high praise. And when Antonio Pierce was talking about him, he kind of got a big smile. Not a big smile on his face, but you could see, uh, you know, the, almost the expression on his face changed when he was asked about him. I believe Vinny asked uh, Antonio Pierce about Masterson and then uh, doubled down and asked Josh McDaniels about Masterson today. And, uh, again, almost a, a change in facial expression when he started talking about Luke Masterson. Again, think about this. A rookie wearing the green dot. That ain't easy. Right? That's not easy at all, but he's holding it down and played multiple positions. And, oh, by the way, he's working in the kicking game as well. I mean, that says something. To me, that screams the guy that has an opportunity to make this roster. I look at two guys that aren't household names that have an opportunity to make the roster in the linebacking room, Darian Butler and Luke Masterson. Both guys have good opportunities to make this Raiders roster. You combine them with a healthy Denzel Perryman who hasn't been out there at practice for a few days. Uh, You have a healthy Devon Diablo who's – 
you know, he looks like he's a guy that's pretty close to Antonio Pierce, and he's coaching him up all the time. He really is. You know, you put those guys out there, and oh, by the way, Jayon Brown as well. You got a pretty pretty nice little uh, linebacking room right there, I will say. So I think that that linebacking core is coming together pretty stinking nicely. Coming up at 3.30, we'll have Vinny Bonsignor. He'll give you his thoughts from practice. Before we do that, though, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up? What's up, Q? What's up, Demar? Hey, man, y'all really going for that okie doke, man? Josh McDaniel sounds just like a a politician, man. He has a, he say a lot of stuff, but hasn't done. I mean, he's not really getting to the point. Here's a here's a big thing. The the cue to me is that um, the offensive line. I understand Max Crosby is great and everything, but you can't be getting beat. From what I'm hearing, Max Crosby is destroying every play that they have. So. My thing is this preseason, and Q, we talked about this. We gotta, we gotta. If you don't know who's starting by now, you're in trouble. I mean, there's certain spots that you, 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 they still fighting, but everybody else, you should be able to. Um, you should know who's starting in those spots by now because it, it, it's down there to uh, countdown. But um, as far as the offensive line, we we need to do. We need to definitely get that together because that's my number one part. Because you can have all the receivers you want in the world. But if you can't block, especially against um, uh, that uh, the Chargers crew that's coming in with Bosa and uh, Khalil Mack, we we gonna be in trouble. But but the thing that I like is that I I like our um, our kickoff guy number nineteen, the the young kid. He he he's Turner. looking good. And I'll let you go on this. Q, hey, um, I want to see what well, a special teams is, is needs help. But I want to see your guy and our guy on the field playing because I don't think I don't think he's going to be ready for that first game, and that's um, Trayvon Mullen, corner Trayvon Mullen. <laughs> and, and it's not that I don't like the, the, the dude, but he, what has he done since he's been here? You know, he's hype. He's sending. I don't know if you watch his Instagram post no. and all this stuff he's no. doing. He's doing way too much, man. Just just play the game, man, and that's it. All right, Q. I'll let y'all go, man. Appreciate you. Don't fall for that okey doke. Uh, all right, Josh because he's just telling us a whole bunch of stuff, but they ain't really telling us way. Patriot way. Patriot way. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And look, I I'm I don't know about the okey doke. I uh I see the competition that he's talking about out in the on the field. So I I understand where he's coming from there. And I think honestly, Raider Mac, I think with the offensive line, I would be a fool to believe that they don't have a pretty good idea who's going to be starting. Right? I mean, they might not tell us, and they don't have to. I think that they have a pretty good idea. There's probably the right tackle position is still up for grabs. They probably already have penciled in John Simpson as the left guard. And I'm sure that uh, that uh, um, Cotton uh, is Lester Cotton Sr. I'm sure he's already penciled in as, as, the, as the right guard. But it just hasn't been set in stone and, and hasn't been told to us, which, again, it doesn't have to be. So – just because, I mean, we're telling you that it's up in the air doesn't mean that it's necessarily up in the air. Hell, we've had people on the show that say four spots are already solidified. There's only one spot that's open. I think that there could be two spots that are open, the the right tackle position and the left guard, but that's just me. That's just my gut feeling. So I think that they have a pretty good idea, and I do believe that Jermaine Illuminor is going to be the swing tackle. I think that he's earned that job at the swing tackle. Uh, I just I, My biggest concern with the right tackle position, then we'll take a break and get to Vinny Bonsignor, is – the fact that Thayer Munford left practice and he didn't return today, 
because he was starting to make a little bit of noise. But like we said at the beginning of the show, if you were dependent on the seventh-round pick out of Ohio State to all of a sudden come and fix all your offensive line woes, then you're probably in trouble to begin with. So that's why I believe this, uh, DeMond and myself are really interested in what Alex Leatherwood does on Saturday because it looks like it's going to be on him to get it done. Real quick, Q, going to Raider Max call about Trayvon Mullen. He's doing too much on Instagram. That <laughs> cracked me up. Is he having too much fun, Raider Mac? Maybe you could just talk. We, we need to have this conversation on the side. But, <laughs> but, so, but so, a little bit. Fans out there, let these guys live their lives. Right, right. <laughs> he's doing too much on Instagram. I mean, look, he's, he's got a job, and as long as he does his job, I, it doesn't bother me what he's doing as long as he's doing it, you know, right. You know, hey, look, I got a job. I do my job, but uh, I, I go and have fun every once in a while, too. So Look at this Q posting a steak on Twitter. Oh, hey, doing look, Doing too man. much, man. <laughs> 3.27 is the time. Raider Mac, we appreciate you. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Also, the morning tailgate right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That's coming up next here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us on the phone lines now from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, Vinny, I appreciate you as always, my man. And I know you got your uh, event going on this evening, and we'll definitely talk about that in a few minutes. But I want to start off talking about Luke Masterson. He's a guy that you've talked about a couple times in our uh, media sessions. One, you asked uh, linebacker coach Antonio Pierce about him. And then today, head coach Josh McDaniels. What are your thoughts on Masterson? Is he a guy that we could feel pretty confident that uh, he's probably got a spot on this roster? Yeah, it sure seems to be headed in that direction, uh, although, um, you know, uh, but Damian Butler from, from Arizona State also has something, or Dorian Butler has, has something to say about that as well. I guess the question becomes how many linebackers uh, do, they, do they keep? And at various points, I went back and looked at Patriots rosters, uh, teams that, you know, Patrick Graham rosters, um, you know, over the years, the Rams who run a 3-4 defense, how many inside linebackers do you keep the, typically keep? And it becomes, you know, uh, the, the Patriots have kept five. The, um, the, the, the Giants have kept four. So, you know, you start looking at it. Jayon Brown is probably a lot to make the team. Obviously, Denzel Perryman. Obviously, Divine Diablo. Um, and then uh, it gets a little bit tricky after that on who that fourth and fifth linebacker might be. Do you keep Luke, Luke Masterson and Butler? Uh, is it just one of those guys? So, uh, e- either way, they're both making a case for themselves. And I think... Uh, Luke and his ability to play all three linebacker positions, um, you know, when you're talking about lining up inside. Also, as, as Josh McDaniels talked about today, he's had the green dot at various times. Yeah. Um, he's showing that he can, um, you know, have some proficiency as a, as a pass defender, which obviously any linebacker these days has to show, show that as well. So kind of a heady player, a little bit bigger than I think uh, I had thought that he was. Uh, pretty athletic, smart, um, kind of that prototypical linebacker uh, that the Patriots sort of rely on and, and, and utilize. And Kenny Young getting cut kind of opens the door for him without question. Yeah, I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. I was telling the story earlier today, Vinny, that we were on the defensive side of the fields today for training camp, and I feel like me and you were sitting next to each other. I feel like we learned so much from looking at – Patrick Graham, just him walking up and down the field the way he was communicating to Antonio Pierce and the linebackers literally talking and communicating, talking about plays right next to us. How fascinating was it to be sitting where we were sitting today and just kind of soaking in everything that we had to soak in? 
Extremely. Uh, it was another, and they did this last week, unscripted period where they try to let things happen organically, um, almost like a, an actual game. I mean, it isn't a game. We know that. Uh, but they put you know the offense on one side of the field uh, all the way across. You know, like when we when we normally see eleven on eleven, the coaches are behind uh, the offense or the defense. You know, and yep. flashing plays and doing all that. But this is literally where they line up like it's a game, uh, and then let things happen organically. And from our vantage point, hearing things over from the defensive side of the uh, football, the communication between the coaches. Coaches pulling, um, you know, gr- their groups uh, off to the side to, for some instruction. You hear the uh, down and distance guy who faces the the sideline barking out the down and distance. Then you hear the the uh, personnel grouping guy that's looking at the offense to say, hey, it's eleven personnel. Hey, it's twenty two personnel to help the coaches then decide what personnel grouping they're going to use. It's really a fascinating up close look at what a, a, a sideline actually looks and sounds like um, during the course of the game. And everything's happening. You know, uh, the bullets are just literally flying, so you've got to think on your feet as the coach. Think about it from Patrick Brown's perspective. You, you know, you, we always talk about the, the uh, offensive play caller and how long they have to get the play call in uh, and just, first of all, decide on what the play is, then get it in uh, and communicate that. Well, the same exact thing is happening from a defensive perspective based on what the down and distance is, where you are on the field, um, what the personnel grouping looks like from the offense. And all of those decisions have to be made in warp speed. And we actually get a chance where we are uh, during training camp to see that happen kind of in real time. Yes, it's, it's uh, you know, just a, a training camp practice, but that's what it actually does look like on a sideline. Yeah, Vinny, when we first started working together, you remember the Paul Gunther defense, and it was always <laughs> so much verbiage, and who's wearing the green dot? Like, I felt like the linebackers just had too much placed upon their shoulders. So what is Antonio Pierce doing? Q mentioned that you guys were close enough to that conversation to hear what he was saying, but how is all that classroom talk that we hear so much about in the press conferences, how are you guys actually seeing it out on the field when you're out there at practice? Well, it's really interesting because especially uh, Antonio Pierce, um, and we can't talk too much about what was being said, but we'll, we'll put it this way, um, and I know Q would agree with this, everything is in code. You know, there's, there's a term for everything. There's, yep. there's a term for every personnel grouping and set, you know, um, we'll, just, we'll just throw out uh, words. Like fire is when this happened, you know, cold is when that happens. Um, you know, so they have something to sort of explain um, uh, everything that they're looking at and, and, then, and then their response to it, the, the terminology being the response to it and how linebackers have to understand, uh, you know, that, that terminology. And it's, it's, it's Antonio Pierce, it's Patrick Graham, uh, it's, it's Rob Ryan, uh, it's the DB's coaches, uh, you know, Coach Simmons uh, and Coach Ash. Everybody is communicating. Everybody has something to say to their personnel grouping because, you know, it's so complex nowadays that it's not just, okay, it's 11 personnel, and then everybody understands what personnel grouping needs to run out on the field. The cornerbacks and safeties coach, uh, secondary coach, has to instruct their group who to be, you know, uh, you know, based on, on what's going on, who needs to be on the field. Same with the defensive line coach. Same with the linebackers coach. And obviously all of that is first coming from the defensive coordinator. And as we said, it has to be done in warp speed. So, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this, too, about Paul Gunther's defense. And I think we're also recognizing this side of it. Uh, yeah, it was difficult, and I'm sure it was, there was a lot of verbiage and yada, 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 yada. Uh, there's a lot of verbiage on this defense as well. I think we're seeing that. It might look easy, but there's a lot of things that are going on. And today, Q, what we saw from the secondary, how different it looked in the secondary based on what they're adding on, compared to just last week, it looks like night and day, the complexities of it. 
And what I, my point that I'm trying to make is there's some really good, smart football players on this team now. I'm not taking anything away from who was there in 2019 and 2020, but there was a lot of youth out there. There were some quote-unquote journeyman players that I think at certain positions the Raiders were just trying to get by on. The complexity of this defense, there is. There's no doubt that it's very volumed and it's very layered and it's very intricate. But not only do you have great teachers teaching it, but you have players and veteran players that understand it, Deron Harmon being a, a, a case in that. And all, at all levels of the defense, you have guys capable of digesting it, absorbing it, spitting it out, and then going and executing it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So let's stick with Deron Harmon on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I told DeMond earlier about how we were standing there, and, and, and Deron said, look, I took two steps back, and it changed the play. Like, how, how critical is that, especially the teaching that he's doing for, you know, for that defense and in that secondary? And what he was describing was something very subtle, but it made all the difference in the world. Uh It was sort of a goal line um, uh, drill that they were running, 11 on 11 against the first team offense. And he saw something at the line of scrimmage, um, you know, and, and, and he's facing Derek Carr. And he goes, All I did was take two, three steps backwards. And it changed everything that Carr was then seeing, what he, or what, what he thought he might have been seeing. So it changed what, what um, the direction and, and what, what Carr had in mind just based on that. And, and Duran, being the veteran that, that he is, completely saw that. He's like basically telling him, look, just by taking those couple steps back, and this goes for any quarterback that they're facing, you're going to change what they're thinking and what they think that they're seeing. That's the, that's the biggest part, what they think they're seeing. And maybe right. they're not even seeing what, what's in reality. It's just a subtle formation change that Duran did to change uh, Derek Carr's uh, outlook, and it ultimately led to a defensive win on that rep. Yeah, it really did. I thought that was pretty impressive. And again, there's a lot of teaching going on on the uh, on the field when we're out there at camp. And uh, I, I've enjoyed what I've been able to see again from these guys out here teaching. And uh, I said also earlier, Vinny, that the defense just really won today. I mean, it's just one of those days you just got to tip the cap and say, "Hey, defense did a hell of a job." Max Crosby's been looking phenomenal. But the one question I had, Vinny, would you say? Max Crosby's looking phenomenal, and it's the next level of Max Crosby, like he's about to take that next step? Or do you say that, yeah, Max Crosby's really good, playing really well, but it's also showing the struggles of the old line I think it's more uh, the former. I think Max Crosby is poised to have a spectacular season. And, you know, I've seen this before. It was a guy by the name of Aaron Donald. And I'm not comparing him to Aaron Donald, all right, because Aaron Donald is from another world. But, but Max Crosby is getting to that point where – um, he's literally changing practices. He's wrecking things uh, at the line of scrimmage. He's just so relentless, so talented. Um, you know, uh, as, as uh, I think it was um, Kendall Vickers was talking today, he never gets tired. Uh, it's just nonstop, 100% uh, effort. And so here's my thing. Um, is he going to face sometimes better tackles than he's facing right now um, against the Raiders? Yeah, sure. But he's going to give those guys the business as well. This guy is on another level right now, and I don't care who he's lining up against. Uh, this doesn't, for me, isn't a precursor to, oh, my gosh, the Raiders are bad on the offensive line. No, this is more about 
Max, Max Trosby is getting to that point uh, as a player. So I wouldn't worry about it from the Raiders' offensive line perspective. Yes, there's some things that they need to get better at. But the larger point is that Max Crosby is just crazy good right now. Yeah, Vinny, but to speak about that offensive line, Thayer Mumford did not return to practice today. And I was speaking earlier in the show about Alex Leatherwood, and it seems like he's going to win the starting right tackle spot by default if Thayer Mumford and Brandon Parker are unable to come back. So is there urgency now on the Raiders more than ever to bring in someone else before camp ends? I wouldn't sleep on Jermaine Illuminar either, because now, um, and Q and I were talking about this uh, at practice, um, every time someone goes down, somebody else starts trading off those first-team reps with Alex Leatherwood. When Brandon Parker, Brandon Parker initially was trading first-team reps with, uh, with, with Alex, and Brandon was getting the majority of those, uh, of those reps, if we're being honest. He goes down, and then all of a, you know, last week or so, and then all of a sudden it was Thayer Munford in the Brandon Parker uh, spot. Uh, and then he started the game uh, against the Vikings. Well, Thayer Munford leaves, and guess what? Jermaine Illuminar is now um, the original Brandon Parker, playing the uh, Brandon Parker role to Alex Leatherwood. Now he's getting the majority of snaps uh, over on the right side. Now where things might change in this game, because um, if, 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 if uh, Thayer Munford can't go, I think that Illuminar will again start at left tackle because I don't see Colton Miller playing. I think I think Illuminar will get to start at left tackle, which means that Alex Leatherwood, you think anyway, uh, based on the battle of attrition, will get that start at, at right tackle. So to me, if that's how it plays out, uh, Alex Leatherwood has a, 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 a big opportunity in front of him to maybe once and for all just kind of lock that thing down or solidify it um, or not. And if it's not, then I think Jermaine Illuminar if they or Munford can't go uh, to start the season, would probably get the first crack uh, at that right tackle position, and, and you know uh, uh, until they make any kind of a change or, or until further notice. And here's the thing about Jermaine Illuminar, uh, Q, listening to him today, um, the self acknowledgement that he blew a couple of chances, including the one last year yep. uh, with the Raiders. And I talk about this a lot, talking to the previous staff. The only reason Leatherwood really moved over was because Jermaine Illuminar was not getting the job done after Denzel Good uh, got hurt. That's what precipitated that whole change. Uh, if Illuminar was, was, was handling his business, I think Alex Leatherwood would have remained at right tackle for the rest of the year, and the, the Raiders would have lived and died you know, with, his, his, with his ups and downs. And Illuminar talking today about, hey, you know what? I blew it, man. That was a, and that's like the third time that I've blown it, going back to the Baltimore Ravens and the yeah. New England Patriots. And um, it looks like he's kind of a changed man, and he understands this is his last uh, chance, and he's really um, taking that seriously. He's a different player physically. He's a, he looks different physically. He's in much better shape. So he has a real opportunity here, perhaps, to win that right tackle spot. And we'll, So we'll see what happens on Saturday and who lines up where. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And, Vinny, before we let you go, I know you got your event going on today, Pub365. Tell us a little something about it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and we're, we're, we're trying to help out uh, our friends over at the uh, Cure for Kids. Uh, it's a cancer uh, clinic uh, over in Summerlin, and they do tremendous work. Uh, and as you probably can imagine, the expenses you know, are just through the roof when we're talking about families uh, and, and you know, getting their kids the, uh, the, the treatment that they, that they need. And part of that is just even just getting to the clinic back and forth because, as you can imagine, in that situation, there's a lot of trips to the clinic. Uh, and so gas prices being how they are, it's tough for families um, to afford it. And, you know, I know that the, uh, the Cure for Cancer um, does as the best that they can to help set up, um, you know, travel back and forth for, uh, for families. And one of the things that they're asking 
uh, tonight is if anybody that attends can bring a prepaid gas card. It all goes to the families. It all goes toward helping them, um, you know, uh, cut down the cost on, on what it is just getting back from that, uh, from that um, uh, clinic for those families. Uh, and above and beyond that, we're going to be watching football, having a great time over at Pub 365, uh, eating their great food, drinking their great, great drinks. So if you're able to stop by, no obligation whatsoever. Uh, but if you have a couple of bucks, uh, extra, extra bucks, uh, if you can, uh, if you can bring a, a prepaid gas card, that would be great because we know how high pr- prices are right now uh, for gas. But again, no obligation. Just come join us and have some fun. There it is, Pub 365. Vinny Bonsignor will be there. Make sure you go check him out and uh, talk some football. Hook up some, uh, you know, go and get some, get, get, drop off a couple gas cars, man. Do something good for your country, man. Do something good, and uh, Vinny will take good care of you. So, Vinny, appreciate you as always, my man. Um, I know you'll be traveling tomorrow, so safe travels, and uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday. All right, sounds good, you guys. Have a good one. All right, there he goes, Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also the Morning Tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920. He'll be in flight tomorrow on his way to Miami, and we'll try to get him on the show on Saturday morning as myself and Damon do the pre-pre-show, a uh, little pre-game show action that we'll do from the Ahern Hotel right here in Las Vegas. 3.47 is the time. We'll take a break, close out hour number two, and we come back. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Um, Max don't change. <laughs> From day to day, like he he don't change. I see the same Max every single day. So you just got to match. You got to match his energy. Um, it's crazy. I mean, y'all have seen he'd be running around. He it seems like he don't get tired. Like, and if he does get tired, he's lying because uh, he just makes everybody else look slow. But um, no, the energy he brings every single day and the leadership he's been bringing, um, it's unmatched, man. And I just love love playing with him. It makes my job easier. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Raiders defensive lineman Kendall Vickers right there from earlier today talking about Max Crosby. He doesn't get tired. When he does, he's lying. I like that. That was a great line today earlier in the media session. Again, Max Crosby is just balling out. He looks really good out there. And I remember saying those same exact things about him last year, and he turned into having a fantastic season. And so I just think that this dude's ceiling continues to get higher and higher and higher, and he's just going to keep pushing themselves. And that's what the great ones do. Great ones don't get satisfied, and I do believe that Max Crosby's on his way to being a great one. He's got the potential to be a great one. He just has to keep on grinding. Working alongside Chandler Jones, you can see that that – relationship is already formed every time he comes off the field or Chandler comes off the field they're slapping they're slapping hands they're talking uh you know they're talking ball they're talking about that rep or whatever you know it's like it's almost like each one of them is challenging each other the same that we saw from him and Unique Ngakwe just a year ago coming up at four o'clock we got Lincoln Kennedy he's going to join the show talk about what his expectations are for the game on Saturday in Miami against the Dolphins uh talk about the offensive line talk about Jermaine Illuminor we got a lot to talk with Lincoln Kennedy about coming up at 4 o'clock. We're right now on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Vegas Pete said, I hope they keep Jacobs. He's always top five in yards after contact and has a nose for the end zone. He plays hurt also because he's tough as nails. It makes sense to have depth at back due to injuries. The O-line will also love to inflict pain on the D-line. Many times they ran behind Leatherwood. That's what he's best at. It's kind of strange that they haven't extended or re-signed all those players like uh, Rocky Asin, isn't it, Q? That's from Vegas Pete. And No, I don't think it's, it's strange that they haven't they haven't, uh, you know, extended Rocky Sin. I think that he's got to go out there and prove it first, right? I think he's got to go out there and prove what he could bring to the table. I mean, he's he's a guy that you think can, you know, fit that mold, but he hasn't really lived up to the hype and the expectations since coming into the league. So I do think he has a, 
uh, a lot to show. And I think he has a lot to bring to the table, but I don't think he's brought it to the table yet, right? So I think they're they're uh, they're in wait and see mode, and that's the beautiful thing about guys on one year deals. Guys are are playing for that next contract. So as John McClain tells us all the time, you get a guy in a contract year, you're going to get the best out of that guy. Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward. Simple. He, he, he joined the Raiders last season on a very minimal deal and had a hell of a season. Turned that into a nice little deal in Atlanta. I mean, as simple as that. Um, Nelson Aguilar, right? He uh, joined the team on a one-year deal, uh, had a hell of a year, turned that into a nice little deal in New England. Other guys. I mean, there's just all the time there's, there's guys that will, uh, will have nice little deals. Um, what's his name? Zay Jones. And I know he went on a one-year deal, but I mean, Zay Jones stuck around the organization for a couple years, but actually was able to get some burn last year due to all the uh, issues that were going on with the team and turned that into a nice little free agent deal. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And the really good teams will allow players to test their free agency or go through free agency and leave and still have confidence that the guy behind them is going to be really good. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm not surprised that they haven't, uh, signed any of those guys that are on one-year deals yet because they're still waiting to make sure that they can get it done. So uh, that, that'll that be uh, something that they do later on throughout the course of the season if they're living up to those expectations that the team has put on them. Not us, but the team. 3.55 is the time. We'll take a break. When we come back, Lincoln Kennedy will join us, talk all things this game on Saturday, talk about his expectations, talk about the offensive line, and uh, if it's time to hit the panic button or not, we'll do it all next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.